thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to today's podcast, where we take you on a bit of a ride. And you know what? I can honestly say it might be an emotional ride today. It's been quite, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting moment, really. <laughs> Let's just go there. <laughs> We're really, really tired. We've just come off the back of a five-day intensive retreat in Byron Bay, which if you weren't there, you really missed out. But it was absolutely extraordinary. And I was just sitting at the computer as we sat down to do the podcast. And I was just saying to the girls, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm so tired or, or what's going on. But I'm, I, I'm starting to think, you know, is it really worth it? You know, you, we go through these phases of totally full on and a huge big high and working really long hours and putting our all into it. And then for me, I come off that and kind of retreat into my cave, go a little bit quiet and question it all. Really, you know, where did I make a difference? And is the world going to be a better place because I was here? Really, what's the purpose of it all? And it's momentary questioning. And I and I think, you know, today's podcast would possibly give a voice to the way a lot of people feel mm. in different phases of our lives and different times of our lives. And I just happen to be going through one of those phases right now or I, I, I just... You know, you, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. And and working out how and what to do and getting a bit of a strategy, I guess, to, to be able to relate in life and stay in the game all the time. Or is it okay to get out of the game and into the grandstands for a moment to catch a breath? I mean, I don't know. What do you girls think? I think we all have times like that where we, we're working so hard, especially when you work for yourself mm. and you're self-employed because you, you really do have to keep motivated all the time as to, as to what we're doing. And, yeah, I have moments where I go, is it all worth it? Will I just go work for somebody? Yeah, well, I was going to ask you for yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and often, <laughs> I think you we know, both were. I've actually driven <laughs> down the street sometimes. You know, after working for maybe eight hours on a project or a newsletter or an, a research project or a report, and I've driven down and, I, and I've seen a bus driver and I've gone, I could be a bus driver. Oh yeah, um, yeah I could be beautiful. a bus driver. How I could beautiful. make sandwiches. I could make sandwiches. Yes. I could work in tuck shop. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe> not. <laughs> but you do. I, you just sometimes it just gets overwhelming, and and you do feel like that, and you do question: Am I making a difference? And and especially, you know, the other day I posted something on Facebook, and I went down all the comments on it. There were you know hundreds of comments, and I got to one, and it said, "Get a life," you know, and is oil on dates. Really, that big a deal? So you, your post was about oil on dates. You know, I didn't want oil on dates. And this person dates. told you to get a to get a because you posted a, a question about it. Or? No, I, what I did was um, I wanted to do this recipe, and uh, I needed dates. And I went to my usual store to get dates, and she didn't have any. So I just started to go to all the local stores, and I went to five stores. Finally, ended up going to Woolworths, which I would normally never do, mm. um, but, but I knew Macro was there. So I trust 
macro. Well, I thought I trusted macro. And so I picked up, they only had one lot of dates left. So here I am at my fifth store. There's one lot of dates left. And I think, oh, you know what? I really want to make this. I'm going to go around to the normal aisle and get the dates out of there. But before I, I pulled the dates up, I, I flipped it over and looked at the ingredients and it said palm oil and dates. Oh, no. And then I went, you know what? I haven't read what's in macro. And what did I see? Palm oil and dates. You're kidding me. Yeah, it was the same. So I'm looking at it going... Oh, I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, it's the same product, just marketed differently or, you know, marked differently. And a fifty difference in price for the, exactly the same gram for exactly the same food. And so I had a little bit of a conniption about it, you as know, you would, as, as you, you would. would. And I posted it. I took photos of it and I, I posted it on Facebook. And, um, and one person, I remember one person said... Uh, oh, and you wasted all that petrol, you know, going around looking for dates. And I wrote back, I went, I have a hybrid. And she says, I don't care what kind of car you've got. Oh, my. And I went, well, nothing's going to satisfy her, so it's no point in going any further on that. But the one that said, get a life, I went, Mm. oh, (laughs) maybe I do need to get a life. Maybe (laughs) this isn't that important. Maybe, oh, see. But then then I had to break myself out of that because – that's just one little thing. Mm. And if you do a hundred little things, it ends up a big thing. Mm. And so my purpose for the Dayton Palms, um, all of a sudden I went, it's okay. It's, it's not about me getting a life. But you do. You do question your life. You question, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, like what, what is in that book by, is it Illich, who says mm. at the end of that book, maybe I got it all wrong. Maybe I got it all wrong. Mm. And maybe we did get it all wrong. Why? Like I was watching today on television and there was this mother who had had a vaccine-injured child and a paediatrician. And the mother um, was asked by the interviewer, well, so what's your degree? And she said, I have an intelligent and analytical mind and I have a passion for this. And I've had loss because of this. And the pedi- then he says, well, what is your degree? And he says, well, I am this and that and I'm a paediatrician and I've been in intensive care and I've seen... And, you know, I felt for that woman at that point because she'd been degraded mm. as somebody that didn't have a voice. But you, I think, you know, like, here I am right now and I'm going, that issue is never going to be resolved. And, and she was also um, asked, well, World Health Organisation, the Australian government... And um, the AMA believe that this is what we should be doing for our children. Are they all wrong? And you're right. So here I am. I'm fighting um, the Heart Foundation, yeah. the Diabetic Foundation. And I don't like to say I'm fighting them. I'm opposing them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have a war. I just want to I oppose what they say, um, the, the nutritional guidelines. And you, you kind of go, do they have it all wrong? Is it, are they that silly that they're not getting it? And so you do, you question. You question what you are, are doing. And then I, I, I look at it and I go, but it, in the natural order of things, it has to be right. So I'm fighting with myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have these little, little, 
little chats to myself and going, well, that's what they're saying, but how can that be? Intuitively, it doesn't feel right. All the research I've seen doesn't feel right. And then the other day I posted on um, the Heart Foundation because there's a new study, a new review that's come out um, of a major journal. Basically, the, the, the author has done a review of all this stuff on, on fats. And he questions, he said, how did saturated fat ever become something that was bad? So that was his question. So I thought, well, I'll ask the Heart Foundation for their opinion. I said, well, here's a, a new one. Are we changing policies? Or and, and theirs was, oh, there's too much other information out there that says the opposite, so no, we won't be changing our policy. So what, what good am I? You know, I haven't changed anything. <laughs> yeah, but you are such a voice for those of us that, mm. that don't know who to question that with or... We get bombarded with negativity because we don't have a degree or we don't have the knowledge or we don't have the experience or, or we're supposedly idiots. And I think sometimes that overwhelmingness comes from feeling like, you know, if you're on top of the world, like if, if you'd had mm. that post on Facebook last week while we are on the retreat, you would have laughed it off and carried on. Mm. But the fact that we've come home from the retreat, we're back into life and we're all exhausted, I think it, it sometimes it hurts or it gets to you or you... You just find yourself in a quandary sometimes, and and I'm sure many mothers feel this all the time. You know, when they're I wonder about that. I mean, yeah. mothers would be feeling that level of exhaustion and vulnerability all, all the, time. the time. And sometimes you don't know why you're crying, or or it takes one of your kids to turn around and say, well, "Why'd you do that?" Or they talk to you rudely, or they say something, and all of a sudden you go into your room and you're a blubbering mess on your floor, thinking you're the worst mother in the entire world. You know, because you. You were short with them or you've perhaps not got their meal on the table when they were expecting it or or you didn't pick them up on time. You know, I, I said one thing to my children one day. I picked them up from school. They had no idea of my day, no idea of what I'd been doing to get organised and I turned up and I was five minutes late, you know, and they're like, why are you late? You know, and you yeah. sit there sometimes you go, oh, my God. Yeah. I have just been running Back to back since four o'clock this morning. You are know, there and, tears in your eyes? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think there are. I think it's oh. just, sometimes it just hits you. Yeah, it does. You know, Kim, you're fighting a huge industry. You know, the, the cosmetic industry, all of that industry, you're fighting. She's trying not to cry here, <laughs> by the way, and I'm asking her a question. Um, Karen's getting tissues. We're all doing well here. But my tissue's used. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what. I don't know what. No, go. No, that one's that one's okay. <laughs> but you know, Cindy, don't you cry because I've only got a snotty okay, one. Okay, that's, that's right. It. I'm doing good. I've got this plastic sandwich here. <laughs> that's a notepad. <laughs> you know, you're fighting a huge industry. So not only are you a full time single mum. I know you've got Danny, but Danny's always away. Mm. You are so passionate about teaching people you know, about this stuff. So, you, like, my children have left home, whereas you're, you've got parenting, and I'll never forget. I'm just trying to let her calm down before I let her speak. Um, I'll never forget. I, I think all my kids were at home, and I'd done something that I wasn't proud of with my children. I didn't remember what it was, and I, I rang Kim and I said, that's it. I'm a level one soul. I am no better. I haven't learnt anything. I'm nothing, you know. <laughs> And you do, you just, you just, it just, it just hits you. And you wonder. Humanness. Humanness. Mm. So how, how do mm. you feel at times? Do you think, oh, I'm just going to. I just think you get tired. I mean, I wrote a book on this, you know, I, the back line of it says overwhelmed, overworked, overtired, over it. Um, <laughs> and I think sometimes 
you know, even Karen today came up to Cindy and I and said, mm, got a little, um, what did she call it? She says, I've got a little, about our skin. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What did she say? She you goes, know, I walked, I walked up to them both and I said, right, we need to have a very serious moment together. This, this, this moment, a, what I'm about to say is a game changer. Game changer, game that's changer. right. So we're thinking, we go, wow, what wow. are we doing now? We've awakened the change with them. Where are we going with up for a chat? What's going on? And she says, you both got dry skin. <laughs> <laughs> Which was amazing, but I think what hit us both in them, what, well, what hit me was, do you know what? I haven't done a mask for four weeks. I haven't looked after myself. I'm, I'm still doing as much as I can, but it really hit me. That little word, those little words were like, wow. Oh, this is my fault? No, never. No, never, never. No, never. It, it just, it just It's is, a reminder. We're, we're telling reminder. everybody to look after yourselves. Mm-hmm. And then look at us. We're in the three of us are in a bit of a heat today. So, um... <laughs> But I think, I think sometimes what's hard when you are out the front and when you are being this voice or trying to, to help people become better than who they are, sometimes that is a constant daily reminder of, for us, you know, to be that extraordinary selves that we can be. And I think just some days we trip over the step and we fall in a heap or we, you know, you can walk past a car and that's the day you have to hit your shin on the tow bar and all of a sudden the whole world feels really hard. Um, and I think sometimes it's just a little comment or just a little thing that pushes a whole lot of buttons. And I think sometimes it's really nice to actually genuinely ask someone, how are you? And that's what you did, Kim. It was interesting because we knew something wasn't quite right with Karen. And she was quiet. She's usually a lot more boisterous. <laughs> and she's very quiet. And Karen just said, are you okay? Oh, you should see if you're going to ask me that and wait for the answer, you know you're in trouble. Mm. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? How, but I think that's where girlfriends are so good. But mm. I had a girlfriend yesterday. I was at the rugby. Everything was going on. It was pouring with rain. We were all freezing cold. And, and she came and sat down next to me. And she was talking and chatting, but she was kind of doing a little – she was waving her arms a bit. And, all of a sudden, and then I kind of looked at the corner of her face and I went, are you okay? And she looked at me and she went, no. No, I'm not. Oh, really? It's actually in the air. It must be a phase of the moon right now. Well, then someone said to me last night at our launch, um, mm. she said to me, oh, my God, look at you. And I went, oh. And she said how, I don't know, it was, she said how amazing I was. It was something, it was a beautiful comment. But even a beautiful comment made me fall apart. And, mm. and she, I just said, I think I'm just really tired. And she goes, no, honey, it's the moon. It's the moon at the moment. So, Well, I post, posted it on Facebook and I said, I feel like I could mar- run a marathon on the inside. But on the outside, I'm shattered. Like the sun's too bright to look at. I can feel my skin dry. I can't get out of bed before 7.30. I was in bed at quarter past seven last night, so I've had a good, what, 12, 13 hours sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Uninterrupted. <laughs> Uninterrupted. I don't have children. And and, and I, I, I said, am I getting old? Is this just what happens when a person gets old? You feel like you've got energy on the inside, but the body just can't deliver? <laughs> And if somebody actually posted that there were some um, uh, sun flares or moon flares that were affecting oh. the planets in a different in different ways, which meant that the people were being affected differently by it, and they said it will pass. But it's interesting that you know you had a girlfriend who said that she wasn't okay. You've been in tears. I've been in tears. Cindy's keeping it together. <laughs> the dogs have had a little yeah, issue. Yeah, they did have an issue this afternoon. You know, like it's. In, I, I I wonder how much of that. Um, Yes. Well, yeah, that yeah. esoteric influence. I wonder, really, does that have a have? I mean, it can't not really. Mm. I think if mm. the moon affects women's menstrual cycles, mm. that actually states there 
that the planets definitely affect our, mm. our, our way of being. So when, you know, when we do question, mm. are we, what are we doing, mm. uh, why are we here, what's the purpose of our lives, when, when we do question that, where do we go from there? Like, what is the purpose? You know, we're here for a fleeting second. Mm. When you look at the whole clock of from the beginning of time to now um, and forever that's going to keep going. And we're just a dot. That, mm. And this is what gets me as I, I think of seven and a half billion people on this planet and I'm a dot. Mm. What influence have we got? Like, we get frustrated with what's happening and... You know, get a life because there's oil on dates and but it's palm oil. It's yeah, I know mm. it's palm oil, and it's about you know the orangutans mm. and it's about our health. And but I was listening to Barbara Kissing Singer. I think that's her name. She wrote the Poisonwood Bible, mm. but she also wrote a book. Her and her family retreated for twelve months, and they lived off what they made. Oh wow! They harvested their animals, and she likes to say harvest, not killed. And I was listening to her, and she said. We, we've forgotten our position in this, this world mm. and it is to be uh, love, it is to be kind, it is to, to nurture, it is to be part of um, a, a community mm. and contribute to that community in the best way that you can. But when you're in a community such as, let's say, Australia at the moment and there is a lot of arguing happening in the healthcare system and it's opposing sides... How can you be, how do you nurture? Who do you nurture? Do you find your own little community to nurture and be with and be nurtured? Or do you get out there and fight? Because if we don't fight some of the issues that are happening at the moment, we may lose our freedom of choice mm. as far as our choice of, med, of um, healthcare, as far as our choice whether we choose to vaccinate or not vaccinate, whether we choose to give medications or not give medications. So, you know, when you, when you look at it that way, you go, okay, I'll keep going, I'll keep going. But I had this woman email me and she wants to meet me. Um, she has five children, I think. Three have been injured by vaccination and she's on a real mission. I had to actually say to her, it's not my mission. Mm. My mission is to teach people about food. And we cannot belong to every cause that's mm. out there. We have to become a bit protective of, of who we um, endorse, who we help, who we give our money to, who we, we want to help in our lives. Like sometimes I just want to gather everybody in and help them. But then I realise I can't do that. Like, mm. I, I can't gather even even the, the, the people that were at our retreat. I just wanted to gather them into our lives and, and help them. But if you speak to every single one of them on a daily basis, you'll exhaust yourself. Mm. And we have to keep some stuff for us, I think. We have to keep um, some sanctuary for ourselves so that we have a place to go to when we're feeling vulnerable like this and and feeling that, what, what are we doing? What if, you know, what's the purpose of all this? You know? I even wonder about these podcasts. You know, it's not, I just think it's the three of us having a conversation and it's not until someone posts something on the Facebook page or mm. I, I'm even amazed when people come up to us and say, oh, my God. I, you know, it's like traveling with my girlfriends whenever I, and I'm like, wow, people actually, people actually listen. <laughs> um, but I think what's amazing, I sat there one day just recently thinking, 
why are we doing these podcasts? It takes a lot of energy and effort for all of us to get together, to synchronize it, to do it. And is it making a difference? And do people really care? And, and I know we three care. Maybe when we're in these vulnerable places, it's actually, it's actually the time of questioning that allows us to find our reason. So maybe we shouldn't question the vulnerable times and maybe they're just as important as the highs of last week because you actually take the time to question because you're so vulnerable or numb or exhausted. You've got no energy for anything else, maybe. so You kind of get out of the way. Mm. And, that, and that's yeah. what retreat's about. You know, retreat away from your actual life. And that's why we do retreats, and all of us do these retreats, but mm. we're usually the facilitators. That's it. We don't actually, mm. we don't retreat. No. And retreat yeah. is so important from your life to really address what's important and what's not. Yeah. And I know Kim and I have had a conversation um, just recently, and, and it was basically about well, what's, you know, what, what's important? What, what do you need to do? Where do you need to go in order to get to where you want? And, and your kids are important. You know, they're probably number one, Dan and the kids. Mm. Um, and the same with, you know, with us. Your dogs are important. <laughs> oh, they are. If you could see how cute they are. And, and then and, and my children, you know, like mm. if the phone is ringing, I put everything down for my children, mm. you know, or my husband. You know, I, I do answer that phone um, all the time or I'm on the pulse to them all the time. And, and then I guess that's important. But the leaving a legacy for them is also very important, mm. you know, and teaching them about um, what we need to do in our, in our lives and, and what's important in, in their lives and to carry on what we're doing. I, I, I think sometimes it's also about actually acknowledging other people for what they're doing because sometimes like you know just having you know I think my children sometimes just so take it for granted what Mm. we do and how much we do for them and look I'm not blaming them for that because I think when you're in a child's phase of your life you're in a little bit of an egocentric kind of a phase but I think just what they don't realize or perhaps they do because my children are beautiful at this and I think yours are and I think our friendships are and I think this is what's so beautiful about all of us is that, even if I may say so myself, um, but I think what's so beautiful is it's just getting that acknowledgement. You know, like Taylor said to me, you know, Mum, I see how busy everyone is and, and there's some mums that just constantly complain about how busy they are and you never do. And she goes, and I just know how much you do and it just means a lot. And I thought, oh, oh you had me at Mum. <laughs> <laughs> but those little things or getting a, a text from your own mother or getting a note or a little love you or how you're feeling or you know it's sometimes it's those little moments that actually matter more than being on stage in front of a whole people doing a retreat Mm. um but what I noticed out of the retreat that happened for all of us is every one of those beautiful people that come to any of our events those little texts of Mm. you know you three are with me all the time or I need a a 2ck injection is what I got from one Mm -hmm. the other day or and I realise the impact we do have. And, mm. you know, last night for you listeners, we, we launched our new premises of 28 and Karen's mummy's birthday was on, so she couldn't come, but Cindy came and I landed it on her that she was <laughs> going to be the MC as she arrived. Um, and she just stepped in. She was so gracious and so beautiful. But 
probably the thing that excited me the most that night was these two women who had been in contact with me, who were known as organic sisters, had actually said to me, I said to them, why don't you come tonight? Because they told me how much they love following Cindy. I said, why don't you come to the launch tonight? And you'll meet her. She's going to be there tonight. And they were like, really, really? And they made mountains move. They've got three children between them. And somehow they organized families to look after the kids. And they turned up. And at the very end of the evening, I said to them, come on, girls, you want to come and meet Cindy? And they were, it was like, Maybe us meeting, I don't know, um, well, I don't know if I met Justin Timberlake if I'd stand very still, but um, but anyway, but we went, I took them over and they stood there and they even got the giggles and they were going, oh my God, we feel so starstruck, you know, we feel so unbelievable, they couldn't talk. And Cindy then got almost embarrassed and, and humbled and blown away, but you know, you don't realise how much of a difference you're making in people's lives until you get those little moments. It's those little moments that actually make the big moments so important. Yeah, yeah I guess it is. And and last night, you know, those two girls were just absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And what they're doing is they're piggybacking on, on a lot of the information that I've been teaching them. Mm. So what they've done is they've created a beautiful Facebook page uh, and they're building um, that Facebook page with recipes. And oh, just, wow. you know, apparently one of them would make something and they'd go, oh, can we have that recipe? We really like that recipe. So they created this Facebook page in order to um, share the recipes. But what they're ha- having happen now is a piggyback effect. But what also is happening to them is they're being knocked. Mm. They're being mm. knocked. You know, because their friends are going, oh, what's this? And that and that's what happens is that um, you are knocked and um, and people want that person that you were, not the new person that you become. Mm. And it and it's hard. Mm. Yeah. But they were amazed at how you know vigilant and strong you are. And they love all your words and everything you say, like Karen and I do. You know, we just every time you post something, we're like, oh wow, look at this. Um, but they, and I also said to her, yeah, she gets a lot of flack, doesn't she? And they went, oh my God. But she goes, but I get on there and defend her and, and I tell them, where to, I tell them to get a life, you know, and it's quite lovely. The, there are knockers. There is always going to be people that want to bring you down or knock you or take the wind out of your sails. But when I, I, I honestly can say this, when I sit here with you two, I go, Wow doesn't actually matter if you two are the only two people I've slept with on the the rest of my days I'd say I'm dying a happy woman you know because I just you feed me you know you that's what friends and beautiful close family and networks do is that that, that's what matters but when we're overwhelmed we don't see that sometimes or we don't feel it or we don't maybe we question who we are as a human being or not being good enough or maybe sometimes we just sit there sometimes and think I could just take a little sleep and not wake up but I think that's just exhaustion. I, mm. I really do. I think sometimes we just get tired of, maybe we sometimes get tired of giving as a mum or a friend. Or a, and know. you know how my husband Howard, he, he always says this, do not make a decision when you're tired. Mm. Mm. And you always say the brain clicks out when you're emotional. What is it? What yeah, is it you always emotion, say? When emotion is high, intelligence is low. Is low. Mm. And I think these times are a time to just, maybe retreat mm. and just have a day where you maybe look after yourself you know or but how do you do that when you're full-on running for it so oh, maybe no. then you've got to caption moments what do you do yeah. look i'm sitting here listening to you guys and and i think i feel better <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> because it's a, you know it's interesting i have had a fairly full-on week um 
outside of doing the intensive as well, a very dear friend of ours um, has been diagnosed with mm. leukemia. And on the Friday of the retreat, once we'd finished, oh, sorry, on the Saturday, forgive me, on the Saturday after, of the retreat, I went around to their house. And um, his wife, Cinny, she listens to our podcast. Hello, you gorgeous creature, you. I told you I'd mention you, didn't I? <laughs> She'll be cracking up laughing now if she hears this. Um, but we sat down um, and went through just very, very plainly about what her husband was going to go through. And, you know, I think my partner, Matt, he was nervous to have that conversation with them. He didn't really want to go there. He didn't know if he could go there. And I said to him, I said, you know, whatever you do, don't be scared. Don't be frightened to have a conversation with them because everybody's going to be tiptoeing around on eggshells. They just need to know that there are people there who can be the strength for them when they can't do it themselves. And if you're tiptoeing around the surface of it or the outside of it, they're not going to get that you're going to be that person. So I said, so don't hold back. If you've got a question that you want to ask, if you've got something you want to talk to them about, jump in there because they need to know you love them, not that you're scared of what they're going to go through. So, you know, as I do, I just walk in all guns blazing and Cindy and I sit down and start talking together about it. But what was so beautiful was that um, both Kim and Cindy, both you girls were on standby, you know, um, and I shot through a series of texts. Oh, yeah. I I, I got her to show me the medication he was going to go through. I got him to, to tell me all the things that he's done and the stage that he was at with his leukemia, shot that straight through to Cindy and bang, she was there. You know, she sent me through a 27-page report, told me about what the medication was going to do to him, told me about the different, um, the different stages of his leukemia and where his body was at with it and how he could support him best and gone on to Kim and said, what was that recipe that was, you know, that, you know what I need? She shoots through the recipe within seconds. And I tell you, those two could not believe how quickly you guys were ready to support. They were blown away, like absolutely, absolutely blown away that two people would just be, be, be so ready to jump in their boots and all for people they didn't know, that, that you didn't know. Like you don't know who they are, mm. you know. But um, they're a friend of yours. And that's important. But you know what, Kim? Mm. You would have done it no matter who it was. Yeah, you would have. This is the thing. You would have done mm. it no matter who it was. And Cindy, it wouldn't matter who it was, you would have done the same thing. Mm. That night we thought that we'd, we'd be there for half an hour. We were there for, I don't know, maybe six hours. And in the end, I cleaned out their pantry for them. I just followed, oh. I just followed your footsteps. <laughs> cleaned out their pantry, downloaded some recipe books, um, onto their iPad for them, went through some recipes, created some recipes, did a shopping list, and then every, well, we didn't do it today, but yesterday and the last couple of days, um, I've just been sending photos of the groceries that I buy, photos of the food that I use to make my porridge, what the porridge looks like, the consistency, different oils, different stuff, been sending photos through so that she can now take all, so that Cindy can take all that information and actually make it mean something because mm. it's a real Shocked to the system and their poor kids when I threw the cordial out, the two of them the two of them were like, Mum, Mum, can I have one last cordial? Can I just have one last cordial? And I couldn't help but giggle because that was exactly what Matt was like. And then when I got into the car with Matt, Matt Matt was really emotional. Um, in that he was so unbelievably grateful. Um, and I'm just getting a bit emotional. But he was so grateful that you two just 
rushed in to support his best mate and didn't even think twice about it. He was so grateful and he, you know, he just said he could, he doesn't know how he could ever thank you. He doesn't know how he could ever be so, he, he could ever repay you for what you guys did for, 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 for them. Um, but the other beautiful thing he said to me in the car was, geez, I'm proud of you, hun. Aww. Yeah. I, mean, nothing. I was too when yeah. I heard she was cleaning the pantry yes. out. <laughs> I've learned from the best. I've learned from the best. You know, this is what I I find really difficult. You know, when we question, are we doing the right thing? You can't. You can't question it. You actually can't because he's gone to um, a system and the system says, you've got leukaemia, take these drugs, that's all we can do for you. Let's hope for the best. And then I think there'll be, you know, have to have um, uh, some operations probably and some bone... Uh, what do they call it? Bone. The bone marrow transplant. The bone marrow transplant. Yeah. Bone broth. No, 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 not bone broth, but bone oh, marrow transplant. Okay. He'll have to have that. And they don't give them any other guidelines. And I believe, and I, I, I text this to you, I actually believe cancer is an opportunity for change. Mm, mm. And you are where you are because of your choices in life whether they're mind choices, whether they're what you're putting on your skin or whether what you're eating mm. or whatever it is, it's you, the choices that got you where you are. Yeah. It's not luck yeah, yeah. or bad luck. It's your choices. So you go to somebody and they say, this is what we've got to do. And then they don't give you any changes to make. Mm. And I think it's really important that we make change so that we can change you know, the train going down the line that is going to stop at one stage if you don't go left or right because there's a dead end there. Mm. But if you go left, there might be 10 miles or kilometres or 100 kilometres more to do. Yeah. Whereas if you go down the track, you've got, you know, you've got a mile to go. And that's, you know, and that's where life ends. So in my way of thinking, if we can open people's mind to the fact that when they're in a position like that, and even in, when we're in positions like this, and, and not necessarily cancer, but cancer of the mind, where we're going, what, what am I doing? You know? Yeah, it's am I doing the right thing? Right. But, you know, I, I was thinking as you were saying that whole story, um, and I hope I'm not um, going over any privacy here, but Karen got a text that was the most amazing text from a woman, and the woman said, I came to Karen to help me get through my, a divorce and I left with the man of my dreams. Mm. Do you know, that's powerful, Karen. That is so powerful. When I, when I saw that text and that's what she came to you mm. for support and, and, you know, and I just, I just went, wow, how can you ever question what you're doing? Do you know, I, how I, can you, you saved a family. You know, you saved a family, um, a husband and wife that would have been miserable without each other. Children that would have just hated it. Mm. You, you know, you saved them. You saved them a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you, hilarious. But, but you, you also saved so much and gave them hope. And I know we were a little bit part of that, but... I look at the way you do things, you know, your, your whole psychology of things, and it's not the norm. It is so different. And so not only does Kim, you know, against the, what everybody else is doing, and mm. you're so totally different to how you deal with people mm. um, to the norm, mm. and I'm different to the norm. And you know what a statistic is? A statistic is that everybody is doing the same thing and getting the same result. 
And what we three do, and lots of other people, it's not just us, what we do is we break the mould and we do something different so you can't become a statistic as a divorce statistic or someone who's got melanoma or someone who doesn't know, you know, they get cancer or something like that. So while I know we we all question, Mm. but we, we really have to then look at why do we do what we do? We actually do it because we love it, mm. don't we? Mm. I was thinking about you yesterday. I was driving past your factory, <laughs> uh, your warehouse, and I don't know why you just popped into my mind randomly. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I was thinking about that, and you've always said, um, you know, because a lot of the time I've said, you know, we do what we do in order to make a difference and to contribute, and you've always said, no, 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 that's not it for me. What's it for me is that I love it. Mm. And... You know, just yesterday, the day before, well, actually really just yesterday and today I've kind of been feeling a little flat with myself and I thought to myself, you know, what's it, what, what is it for me? Is it because I want to contribute and make a difference or is it because I love it? And, do you know, Cindy, I, I think you've really, you've, you've really captured something there that's caused me to go much deeper with the source of why I'm doing what I'm doing and question it even deeper because if... Because there have been times, and I'm going to be up front, I don't think so much now, but certainly, you know, five years ago or three years ago even, I was doing things in order to contribute and to make a difference because I felt I had a debt to pay to society. Uh, I've, you know, and I, and I never got that. I never realized that. You know, what was driving me all of those years after I came out of the depression was I must make Jodie and Greg's life mean something. I must, or, or their death, mean something. I must make the Bali bombing story have meaning. Otherwise, everybody that was killed and my survival was futile unless I take the message from it and then go and make a massive difference in the world with it, which is fine and dandy until you've got no steam left in your train. You know, I mean, it's all well and good until you're absolutely exhausted from the push of that and I think that in my in the past years for me, I've had the push of that get behind me. It's been, I've, I've got to do this. This is my debt. It's my price. I must do this. I must do this. This is for society. This is for the world. It must be a better place. And it's going to be a better place because of me. And it's almost like a punishment. Mm. Well, do you know, I didn't get that. I didn't get it. It was like it was. Mm. I thought, well, I mean, you know, and I'm still a bit confused by it and I'm still trying to work it through. Well, that's not really that important anymore because those things, I'm not doing those things anymore. And what I'm doing now is very much about feeding my soul. And then when I feed my soul, I just share it. And then if it feeds anybody else as well and good. Um, but I think that there's definitely been that part of, of what's, what drives us to contribute and what drives us to find our purpose is very rarely, it's very rarely about us. It's most of the time, it's about others. It's about being in service. Now, I never saw that there was anything wrong with that until you stood so fast in saying, I do it because I love it. I don't do it because I want to be in service. I do it because I love it. Mm. And I could never reconcile that for myself. I always used to say, yeah, well, you know, she shares it and it still makes a difference. So in a roundabout way, she's getting there. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think it really hit me yesterday, whereas I could look back on it and reflect on it and say I wasn't doing it because I loved it. I did it because I was wanting to be in service and I loved being in service. 
And being in service doesn't have to kill me in the process, yet what I was doing killed me in the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and this is the part that I think that made me really reflect on it yesterday and today in that I, I love what I'm doing. And I think it's the recognition now of what you're talking about. I'm doing it because I love it, not because I'm paying a price. Or not because I'm wanting to make a difference in the lives of others, because that always leads to exhaustion. How many people are there in the world? Seven point five million billion. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, and it also struck me yesterday that in 15 years I'm going to be 60, and I went, "Holy bloody dooly! In 15 years, I cannot oh. make a difference to seven billion people. <laughs> what am I even trying for? It's like a can't win, don't try. Just give up now. And it really that really struck me and I thought I, I I have to I have to I have to get to the bottom of this. I really had to get to the bottom of this because I don't want to you know, this feeling of overwhelm this feeling of overwhelm, is it making the difference? Like is it getting the traction? Or is there another way? But when I'm doing it to be in service of everybody else I think what I'm getting from this conversation, and I think I'm reconciling it for myself right here in front of all of you guys live, is that when I'm doing it in service of everybody else, there's one vital piece missing, and that's me. So if I'm the vital piece missing, I am the instrument. And I must be doing it in service of me. And, and, and you know, I know so well that that's true. Uh, there's no world out there. There's only my world, the world inside of me. And when I make a difference in my world, then the ripple effect becomes the difference in the world outside. Mm, beautiful. And I, I just, hello, mm. high five, all round. High five. High five, <laughs> all because And it's true. Oh, I missed you, Kimmy. <laughs> but but I, think, I think that's it. I think that's really, the, I think that's the answer to the problem. I think I've always had it. Or we all have it. We mm. all know this stuff instinctively and intuitively. And that brings up, you know, that bishop's inscription, and I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I'm going to repeat it because it's just, it's what really um, did it for me. And apparently there's this bishop that lived in the 16th century and he um, he died and there's an inscription apparently left on his gravestone and it says something like this. He said, when I was young and full of life, I wanted to change the world. But I realised after some time that the world didn't want to change. So I set my sights lower and I started to work on my country. Mm. And then after some time, my country didn't want to change either. So I thought, well, I'll work on my community. And I looked around and nobody was changing in my community. So I thought, well, I'll work on my family and friends. And they too didn't want to change. And then I realised if I'd only changed myself, Mm. then by example... I may have been able to influence my family and friends. And with their love and support, perhaps we could have influenced a community and then a country and the world. Mm. And I think, I think that's us. the crux of it. Look at us. Mm. With our love and support, we mm. can influence a community. Mm. Mm. So we've got to go in to go without. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think the thing, you have to do something that you love. And that, that gets you up in the morning. You know, we talked about this a couple of podcasts we did, ago. We did. You've got to do something that you love and you have to, to get you up in the morning. And then when you love and you're an example, people go, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing that? How are you doing that? And so you spread the word. And then they start to spread the word and they spread the word. And, and like our podcast says, 
it is a ripple effect mm-hmm. um, that's changing the world. And last night at that opening, Kim expected 30 people. Uh, there was 100 plus, I'm sure of it, Kimmy. Mm. It just seemed there were people everywhere. I couldn't get a park. Oh, wow. I'm the MC and I couldn't get a park. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get a park. And Had I'm like the going... MC turned up early, she might have. <laughs> <laughs> we won't even go no, there. No, don't go there, don't go there. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I looked around and as I MC'd, I, I said to people, I said, when I started this... 30 years ago, four people would come to listen to me talk mm. and they'd walk out pissed off with me because <laughs> I would say they didn't believe me that McDonald's buns never went off and that you could yeah, sit them yeah. there for 40 years and they'd never go off. And they'd go, oh, I've heard enough. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden there was 100 people in front of me had come to support the opening of two um, people's businesses. One was Kim's um, and Stacey's and the other one was uh, Friend Sarah's, which was a food company. And, and they were part of it. And everybody I spoke to was about, I, I, you know, I, I just heard you or I heard Kim or I heard Sarah talk and I just decided that I'd create this Facebook page and, and I'll do something with, with it. So it is about you being a shiny example mm. of what you're teaching. That's what it is. I totally agree with that. Because you can't actually, you can't influence anybody. And see, here's the thing. You, you said this, Kim, earlier. You said when we're so exhausted and we're so um, overwhelmed or vulnerable, we really can't think of anything other than what we love or <laughs> what we're here for because we're totally out of the way. And, you know, on a normal day, I would say you can't influence anybody, you can't change anything, you can only be an example of possibility for them. Sometimes I just need a dose of my own medicine. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? I mean, in the, in the absolute exhaustion, all of the self-talk almost is, it, it kind of goes out the window. Just, you just, it's just absent and all that's left is raw. Mm-hmm. And if we resist that, we miss the beautiful growth and expansion perhaps these moments are for growth and expansion mm. maybe this maybe this is another this is a way to achieve another level well, through these periods mm. of of, ex, mm. of exhaustion Absolutely. and when yeah. we embrace them stop it I know. when we embrace them and go inside we find the nugget of gold that mm. takes us to the next step mm. Stop it. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. <clears throat> Cindy, you're sitting there looking like you know. No, no what, what, I, what I remembered is a conversation we had before we started this podcast. And um, Karen had um, got an email, or was it a phone call from America? And oh. this lady uh, had wanted your book, Soul Survivor. Oh, and yeah. the book didn't make it. And so she rang you, I think. That's right. Yeah. And... She said, aren't you curious how I figured out, you know, how I found you? And, you know, you said, yes, I'd love to know how did you you find me. And she said, she was in America. She was in America. So you haven't been to America speaking, have you? Well, not Sacramento, no. 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 So you haven't been to Sacramento. And she said that she had been meditating and that she'd asked for help for her niece. Was it her niece? Yeah. Yeah. Who wasn't doing very well. And she was meditating and she said, please give me a sign as to who I need to go to in order to get the information that will help my daughter. Niece, yeah. Oh, niece, sorry, niece. Mm. And she popped into her head, soul survivor. Mm. 
The word. The sol- yeah, the mm. word sole survivor. Mm. So she went to Google, as we all do. We all go um, to our search engine. And she typed in sole survivor, found Karen Smith, ordered her book. Amazing. You know, mm. so we, you don't know. You know, that was a book you just wrote. Mm. You just wrote a book and this yeah. woman has meditation and finds you in the meditation. You just have no idea what the, um, you know, we don't know what is happening, um, not only with our words, but the, the vibration, as you always talk about, yeah. that vibration that is, is rippling out to the world. We have no idea. And that's the same for people who are thinking bad thoughts or thinking bad things or ugly things. That vibration is still going out there. And I think if we can just realise that there are times where we are vulnerable and not to be hard on ourselves because that vibration goes out. Mm. And what we want is to be just go, right, this is a time where I maybe need to meditate. Mm-hmm. Karen? Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, that just gave me goosebumps. And maybe it's a time to meditate and to just get from the planet or from the universe as to what it is that we... What's the message? What's, what's the, the message? gift in it? What's the gift in it? Instead of seeing it as... Oh, I can't do this anymore. And you know, I've done this. I've gone, I can't do this anymore. And I stop it for about a day. I say, I'm not going to go on Facebook anymore. Oh my God, I, am, I did that. I've had I know. on Facebook for days. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to write and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to just stop everything. And yeah. I get to about the second day, maybe 24 hours, maybe two days, and I go... I can't, I can't do this. I yeah, just, no, bugger that. That's boring. Let's this get is stuck me. into it. This is what I do. This is what I love. If I'm not doing this, and, and, and I realize what I love is I love getting information and spreading it. Mm. I love you. That's what I love doing, you know. And you're the same. No, I just love you. No, <laughs> yeah. no seriously, I just love you. I love it. It is. It, like, and, and they say that we teach what we need to learn the most. Oh, geez, do I need to learn about food? Yeah. <laughs> But maybe. God help us all. <laughs> maybe. If you didn't, you'd be a big fat fat that can't just need some help, you know. Or your BFF. Yeah. Your back fat friend. <laughs> but here's Karen who teaches people to meditate and take time out mm-hmm. and look at themselves. No, I don't teach people to take time out. That's your thing. No, but take I'm time the out of their life. I am the workaholic. Yeah, but you, take, you teach people to take time out of their life to investigate and inquire I and do. look into. I do. And, and, yeah, and I teach people to... To care for themselves. And, you know, the byline of one of our books was self-care is not selfish, it's essential. And I think there's a fine line here between arrogance and confidence and self-care and selfishness. It's, you know, because some people would turn around and say, oh, for goodness sake, you're just being selfish. You know, there's a judgment around you taking time out or... You know, if meditation's really important to you, it's like, and yet the kids need feeding. It's a very, <laughs> you know, but, but then kids learn the rules that mummy comes out a lot better when she's meditated. So keep her in there, for goodness sake. It's more civilised. It's quiet. true. Was it's there true. any emotion attached to that for you there, sweet? You got quite, um, <laughs> the veins in the side of your neck started to pop out as you said that. <laughs> no, but actually, Michelle Nielsen. Um, she has a thing where she comes home. This is Dr. Michelle Nelson who wrote the book Manifesting Matisse. She comes home and she goes straight to her room and meditates mm. because she is a better person, she says, when she does that. That is her ritual. You know, we, you talk about rituals. That is her ritual is to have 20 minutes. And, you know, when you have that 20 minutes out 
and do their meditation, not 20 minutes out. And, or maybe a meditation is going and reading or doing something like that. But when you take that 20 minutes out, you are a better person when you come out to your kids and you're not grumpy. You know what I do, Kim? I think you'll be really proud of me. <laughs> when I'm feeling like that, I, I can't stop my brain. My mind won't stop. And so I can't sit down there and meditate because I'm thinking I should be doing this, I should be doing that. I go have a shower and then I do a body boost. Mm. And I find that the oils with the body boost, uh, and for those people who don't know what a body boost is, um, Kim teaches it. And you've got a YouTube clip, don't you? Mm, yeah, yeah. You're on in the nude, website. right? Yeah. Well, if you just go on to... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, trust no, me. No, no, no. The, um, if you go on to like chocolateforwomen.com, the body boost video is on there. Yeah. But I think it, before you just said about the bishop's um, mm. inscription, and I felt like you were taking a very... Um, macro, was it you know yeah, like a very macro to micro view? I want to take you from a micro to a macro view. Where the other quote that I always say, or that I just it just resonated so deeply with me. It's just a Chinese proverb, but it comes back to the self first. So you know, if there is light in the soul, there is beauty in the person. If there's beauty in the person, there is harmony in the home. If there's harmony in the home, there is order in the nation. If there's order in the nation, <laughs> there is peace in this world. Mm. Oh, beautiful. So I think you can take a macro or a micro view at it, but I think one of the important things is that you actually realise the impact is massive either way. And that I think if you can really, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, but maybe the times of struggle or challenge, you know, instead of sitting here beating ourselves up and thinking we're useless and worthless and not good enough or that we're hopeless. And actually, a level one soul. And a level one soul. <laughs> if we just surrender to it, that sometimes it's actually really important to just to just cry. Like I said to my girlfriend last night, I just said to my girlfriend last night, the one that I said we were sitting there at rugby, and I looked at her and I went, oh, my God, darling, are you all right? And she went, no. And she fell apart. And... And, you know, she shared and she goes, I don't know what's wrong with me lately, Kim. I just, I fall apart. Look at me, look at me. And she was, she wouldn't allow herself to let herself go because we're around a whole lot of people and obviously and all that. So then she goes, and I said, I was thinking, gosh, what's happened? And she just said, you know, I saw a man in a wheelchair today and I just looked at him and I kept looking at him. And I came away, I got in the car, and I sobbed, and I sobbed, and I oh. sobbed. And I said, oh, my God, darling. And she goes, and I just wondered how he got in the wheelchair, what his life must be like. Like, I went down this whole path of who's this person, and he's just another. And I just, normally, I just look at people, and I carry on walking. She goes, but I just got so upset. And I remember my mother-in-law sitting there one day. She was an absolute wreck when I came around. I said, what's wrong? And she said, I've just seen this bag lady. I've gone, what? <laughs> and she said she was sitting in Simon Street in Auckland in the car waiting for a lady to cross the road. And it was a bag lady. You know, she had her hair was gnarled and matted so badly. She had bare feet with heels that were so cracked and worn. And she had a bag and she'd been trying to pick rubbish out of the out of the bin. And she said she just sobbed and had not stopped sobbing till I got there and she was just like what where did her life go to get there and so my question thinking of of both Sandy looking at the bag lady and 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 my girlfriend looking at the the wheelchair man sometimes you know where do we go is it is that just an, a massive amount of compassion and empathy that just comes out of us 
that's triggered when we are fatigued and tired. Like it's those moments that trigger that emotional outlet. But is that also an opportunity for us to actually be incredibly grateful, A, that we can feel, B, that we can have empathy for other people, and C, like you just said, Karen, that it's actually an opportunity to really look within. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm just sitting here going through the paces of it all. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a big believer in that nothing is for nothing, and I really do think that everything has its purpose and its place in life. And if exhaustion didn't have a message in it, we wouldn't get exhaustion. You know, like if exhaustion wasn't purposeful, if being tired wasn't purposeful, we would never get tired. We would just be on all the time. So inside of exhaustion or being tired, there's, there's a purpose to it. There's a meaning in it. There's, a, there, there's, there's possibility. And the possibility is never negative. I don't believe that the universe says, there you go, suck it up, you be exhausted, and sucked in, we're going to sit here and look at you and laugh. I don't think that that's the way. <laughs> we'll laugh. <Yeah. laughs> but, but, but I don't think that the universe is set up that way. I think that everything has a possibility and everything has purpose to it. Whether I'm right or I'm not right, it's kind of not relevant. I think while ever we live our lives like that was true, that every experience has a new possibility, every experience has an opportunity in it. If we can live life like that, we would be milking the gold out of absolutely everything and wouldn't go where I went an hour ago um, in the context of it not being productive. We would see these moments as opportunities for real productivity, for real expansion, for real connection with the self. Because I'll tell you one thing for sure, over this last hour, I've felt more connected to myself, my real me, and really in touch with the real me than what I have for the last five weeks because I have been so frantic, so busy, so lost in the day-to-day that the thought of meditating made me rouse on myself because I thought you have no time to meditate if you leave the computer or you step away from the workload (laughs) you're going to fall behind there is no time to meditate suck it up get stuck in and go for it so the last five weeks I've been very disconnected from myself because I've had that other side of me pushing to get the workload completed and you know that other side of me I have to say I am very grateful for it because I met the deadlines and if I didn't meet the deadlines it all would have turned very pear-shaped, you know, for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But now that I'm on the other side of it and I don't have to have that same whip and chair out, now it's an opportunity to reconnect back with myself mm. and to be with me again. And I've probably felt more connected to myself in the last hour than I have for the last five weeks. And, oh, my goodness, I'm beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than that, love. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm when... soft. I'm very soft. <laughs> I am. I'm very soft. Yeah, we don't see you cry too much. I think on my tombstone will be, here lays Sorbent. <laughs> I was thinking, what? Here lays Sorbent. Here lays Karen. It's a label. <laughs> Otherwise known as Sorbent. Strong but soft. I think when we're really exhausted, I, I think what you're saying there, what I just got from what you just said then is maybe the practice of an exhaustion because it will happen and of there course. are times when we get there and some of us have it more often than others and you know, particularly you young, young mums out there, it's, it's, mm. it's very mm. often. But maybe the, the thing I've just taken from you there is 
the practice is not to surrender to exhaustion or surrender to everything, but maybe just practice non-judging, non-judgment of yourself and really trying to pick yourself up. Not pick yourself up, but pick yourself up if you do go down that path because that's where we start heading down. We start doubting, we start questioning, we start judging. Oh, and the judgment, like, for me has come in, and I'm sure mums would be exactly the same. Like, yesterday I was just beside myself exhausted and the judgment was, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, why aren't you doing this, why aren't you doing that? And then I felt guilt Mm. and I felt responsibility that I wasn't participating in a universe that I know requires 100% participation and where am I? Yet you have no idea, Karen, what you've done. Cindy and I were talking about it the other day. Just just even in all the giving you've given over the last five weeks and doing what you've done, mm. and yes, you've been on a mission, and I don't think it's that you've been disconnected at all. You've been incredibly plugged in and connected to the work that you're doing. Mm. But you have no idea the ripple effect that it's had in the podcast and people like us and you know, and even conversations I've been having with people around me if there's any struggle or conversation around questioning it. You're in my head constantly. <laughs> it's true. And I'm checking. I did get an email from somebody that she referred me to yesterday. <laughs> oh, God, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I just think I'm, you know, I, I don't know whether to say this on the podcast or not, but sitting here with these two women, it's, I sometimes wonder why the hell I'm here because these two have so much flippin' knowledge and are so intelligent and so incredible at what you both give that I sometimes sit here and sometimes think maybe I'm just the interviewer or the questioner because I'm not quite sure I can play on the same level. Yet when I'm really fit and healthy and everything, I think, well, of course they need me. (laughs) Of course I'm a part of it. But when you're tired, you go into, well, what can I offer? You know, you guys have so much knowledge. You're so flippin' brilliant. Everything that comes out of your mouth is amazing. Well, now, those, you know, what you're saying is true. (laughs) Um, But let me just say this after saying that. That everything we see in others is a projection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there saying we're so flippin' brilliant and we're so intelligent. So you can't know what intelligence looks like unless you possess it. Otherwise, you would not know how to recognise it. Well, this is right. Good point. Well, I think it's a very good point. Let's just let's just let's just go with that. You know, and I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to throw so back. You. I'm actually going to throw back to. Karen, something that she always says to us. Oh, God. Yeah. Give it to me. Give you it ready? to me. You ready? You ready? Go, girlfriend. Everything is perfect. Uh, Otherwise, it would never have happened because that's perfect. And the fact that you had that little meltdown there and you mm. said, what's the purpose? We wouldn't have done this podcast. And actually, it's been one of the most quiet podcasts I, I think we've ever done. It's been quite somber. It's been very somber. But I also think that it will help people... Who do go into that? Well, it's helped me. Well, you know, it's certainly it, it helped really me. helped me. So, so we've had our therapy session. We hope you've had yours. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, that'll I think... be one hundred and eighty dollars. Thank you. One hundred and eighty. Well, for the five first five minutes. Oh my gosh, I was going to say, geez. and we don't make change. No, we don't make change. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. Yeah, if you want to, if you actually, I tell you what, to finish this off, <laughs> Google. Bob Newhart, stop it. Just Google Bob Newhart, stop it. No, no, it's not Google, it's YouTube. Yeah, but it'll come up on either. It'll come up on either. And and it's a six-minute video with the beautiful Bob Newhart in a psychotherapy or psychology kind of thing. I won't say any more. It's just six minutes. (laughs) And our final line here to all of you is 
Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, well, I did say you'd be coming on a ride, so thanks for joining us. We hope that this podcast has been informative, um, interesting, fascinating perhaps even. We'd love to hear your comments and we'd love to hear about, you know, when you feel vulnerable or what happens in your life. You know, please help me to not feel alone. Um, (laughs) Us to not feel alone. Us all to not feel alone. So if you want to post your comments, you can certainly do that on our Up For A Chat Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Also, you can post on thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So go nuts. Make us feel good about ourselves. (laughs) It's what we rely on you for. (laughs) And join us next week on Up For A Chat and be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you then. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.